and welcome to the Be Fairy Afraid podcast with me, Louise Atkinson. And me, Fiona Ridgewell. And we thought we'd talk about all the ye olde fairy tales, myths and legends that we've been chatting about over the drink at the pub. That's right. We thought instead of the original sweet and nice ones we all know and love though, we'd look at the more dark and sordid ones that were originally written. A bit more interesting. This week we're covering Charles Perrault's Riquet with the Tough, where we're talking of French fairy tales, whether beauty's in the eye of the beholder and my insurance claim and my egg freezing party. <laughs> so stay with us and listen to this podcast. And in the words of our good friend Jean-Baptiste Basile, close your mouth, <laughs> open your ears and listen to what I've got to tell you. Something like That'll, that. That's something like that. Let's just get it on. I'm not a poet. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like the way you said that and just immediately laughed. How is it going? Well, I mean, this is episode two. So I was about to say my usual upbeat self. Mm. But if it's only been one episode, people don't even know that that's my usual demeanour. To be fair, they? I feel you effervesced such a high level of energy in the last episode that it's probably carried over. Um, you just have a natural bubbliness, like a... Uh, like a soda stream. Like a bubble. <laughs> like, a, like a hot air balloon. Like a hot air balloon. <laughs> Just talking shit now. Um, uh, I'm a bit moody. A bit mardy today. Yeah. Um, but I reckon I can get out my funk. Right. Um, do you know what? I really look forward to, as an adult, someone reading me a story. Aww. And I did know that's what I needed in life. But <laughs> it turns out, guys, as an adult, if you're feeling stressed... Because no one's reading even a bedtime these, story anymore. Even these stories where they're horrible to each other and somebody's been like, you know, tortured or being left in a basement with a pickaxe or whatever it is they're I, doing. I hope it's not a heavy one today. Is it, <laughs> is it heavy? Is it heavy? No, ask the question, Louise, It's actually it not. It's actually quite a nice one today. Is it? Right. Yeah. But that's your version of nice, isn't it? <laughs> you want to talk about why you're maddy or you, or you just want to blow over it completely? Someone smashed into my car. <laughs> As well, if you're not watching this on YouTube, the red mist that descended across Fee's face. Someone smashed into my car when I was in it and then went, sorry, I just needed to do a three-point turn. And I was like... Hang on, so he, who, was it a man or woman? <laughs> I, got, I hate people, so this is right on my alley. Did you, was it a man or woman? It was a, a raccoon? What's it going on? It was a man um, um, with a lady. She was in the passenger seat, so I'm not letting her take any responsibility. So. What, are you just in the middle of a main road? And he, does he try to do a Yui, Phil? Yeah, so I was driving, I'd say... South to north, and he went. What? What? <laughs> that, what kind of coordinates is that to absolutely nobody? Unless you're maybe like Santa. Well, when you've been on the phone all day to your insurance company, <laughs> south to north fucking means something. Fair, ways, okay? fair enough. So I was going enough. south to north, and he went east to west across me, <laughs> <laughs> without a crossroads being there. Just he made his own road, and then yeah, he just smashed into the side. And to be fair, I was a bit shaken up. And yeah, I you thought, would be. Well. 
and it was raining. Oh God! So it's like a horrendous film. Yeah. So I thought it was going. I think I shut my eyes. Oh, can we leave that in? Oh. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> that one's going to help the insurance company on the other side, isn't it? And how was your sight? Well, blind. <laughs> to Closed him. Put my hands in front of my eyes. <laughs> Couldn't see nothing. Since I set off, wasn't even at that moment. <laughs> Probably part of the problem. I was looking out the back window. <laughs> I was looking south. I was looking. I was going north. I was looking south. Um, no, I was, no. I, I, you know when you put your foot on the brake and because it's raining, you're like, well, this ain't stopping. So I think at that point, I sort of braced and shut my eyes. Oh God. Um, but it actually wasn't as bad as I thought. But I've already rang the insurance company and I reckon I should just sell that cash. No, no. No, is that not a thing? But it is for dodgy ass people. Oh, is it? Like, just to say this. My boyfriend's dodgy. Because he went, did you ask to settle cash? And I went, no, I didn't. He went, oh, you idiot. Well, it, because it prevents, it helps. Doing it in cash means you can keep like your no claims bonus and oh stuff god, I've like got that. about twenty years of those. Are they go? Oh, that's not true. Oh no, are they going? I've protected them. Oh, oh we can't talk about this now because not the story talk about it. I'm going to cry. There's only so much a fairy tale can do. <laughs> Why couldn't you see? Because of the tears. The tears. <laughs> just saw seventeen years no claims just floating away from me. <laughs> but did he took the responsibility? Oh, he said sorry. Well, there you go. That's accepting yeah, responsibility. Is that, is it? Yeah. And I said to my insurance, "Is this boring?" I said to my <laughs> insurance company, "Can we claim off him?" Right. So I'll see what she. I think she was no. She didn't seem to know <laughs> what was going on. You know, when you get a new one, she was no. How did you know she was new? Because she was like, um, she was asking me stuff that I'm pretty sure was on her screen. Isn't isn't that how it works? Like she has to ask you the questions and you have to answer them. <laughs> That's not a woman bad at her job. That's a woman doing a job, to be fair to her. No, like about my policy. Like, when did your policy start? I'm like, you've got to be in charge of that bitch. Really. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? As if I've got, I did have it to hand, actually, but I think that was up to her. And then and then I gave her a date for something. She went, and I went, oh, actually, that was the wrong date. It's this date. She went, oh, yeah, because I would have got in trouble for that, not you. And I thought, yeah, because it's probably on your screen and you're not checking it. Anyway, she was nice. Um, <laughs> anyway, my new best friend at the insurance company. Very helpful. Very helpful. I won't mention what the insurance is called. <laughs> and I'm new to them. It always looks bad, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, how are you? <laughs> um, better than that. I'm sorry you had a rubbish day. That's um, all right. But uh, I'm all right. Uh, I went to an egg freezing party last week. Well, that's better news than... than right? You should have started with that. It's called what? Let's Be Chill. Oh, my God. What happens? Basically, it's... Um, Do you want to talk about it? It'd be weird to bring it it'd up It'd be weird not, if I it? just went, I went to an egg freezing party and now to the fairy tale. <laughs> and then just got a party pop and pop back. Okay. Whee! Once upon a time. In the depths of an egg freezing facility. <laughs> oh, God. Um, you rock up and basically there's this, uh, there was this doctor, she's very sort of passionate about getting more women to check their fertility and looking at egg freezing and fertility options for women who get older because she is a big believer that it detriments the gender pay gap and all this other hilarious stuff that's going to be great for this comedy podcast. Um, but yeah, then there was just a load of us there and we we're just there to learn about it. And this is really, first of all, there was so much about my body I did not know because she started off and she was like, right, we'll just cover the basics of how you get pregnant in the first place. And all, you didn't quite, know that bit? No, I didn't. <laughs> it's with a, it's sort of a balloon and a cracker, right? No, no. wonder you're all at an freezing party. You're like, how does it happen? Is this GCSE biology all over again? What goes where? <laughs> Can you use a crisp packet as a condom? Thank you. Um, no, but you, we all like rolled our eyes going, oh, and then she just sort of did all this stuff that happens internally. It was like, 
what? The sperm goes where? How does it work? How's the egg being made? What? And it was just mental. Um, But it was really good. But the thing is, is that was really good. It was really useful. I encourage anybody to go to. Also, they they did a percentage of paid tickets and free tickets because she just uh, desperate to get people knowledgeable. She was really good. But they gave us a little free stationery set. And the problem was, is I got so distracted by that because I love stationery. Has it got eggs on it? It didn't have eggs on it, but it was like a, it was a really lovely, like little plastic folder that's like a reusable one. Mm. And then in it, they had like a little notepad yeah. and a pencil and all this other like and some stickers. And I was like, oh my god, there's a notepad and stickers. And she's like, we're here to talk about your fertility. I was like, but the stickers. And I just feel I might have wasted some of the evening <laughs> getting a bit upset because I started just sticking the stickers to the folder. I was like, I'll personalize my uh, folder okay. while I'm here. Like I was 14 in maths class. I was like, just personalize. I heart blah blah like, just, where's me gel pens I can't go on with them did she go over fees she did and it she's a lot cheaper than the other ones I've seen because is she, she personally doing it yeah because she cause she said the reason it's so expensive at other ones is because they go through like several different people where she was, ah, everything goes through me okay um, she was just really good and did I really get a referral code Louise <laughs> a referral code refer that. five friends <laughs> is it like pure gym do you get a referral code <laughs> Can I come to the next party? <laughs> but yeah, do you want to know the story we're doing this week? Yeah, we should probably crack on and do that. Do you want to yes, do please? that? Yeah, that's what I'm here for. A lovely little story. <laughs> we're doing. Um, we're doing one by uh, Charles Perrault. And again, I'm going to apologise because he's French and I'm going to butcher the French language this episode. So we're just going to leave it at the French. <laughs> I'm going to butcher the French. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Charles Perrault is very well known as being like, one of the main fairy tale storytellers. Okay. Um, from like the late seventeenth century, she thinks. Um, <laughs> um, and he's the one who wrote the Mother Goose fairy tales, which you know. Oh, like, I know the Mother Goose. Yeah, so like they're all the ones in it. I've got this fancy ass book. Do you like my fancy ass book? They're all yeah, for just Charles. That one Paul. doesn't look smelly. That, my other one didn't look smelly. No, so, like you know when things look smelly, like like it museum. didn't look smelly. Yeah, you know, like museum stuff that smells. Places like museums and stuff, the smell of them make me feel sick, yeah. Anyway. What are you on about? The smell of museums make you feel sick? It smells There old. isn't a smell in a no, museum. it smells like I've dug it up. What are you talking about? When you next go to a museum, have a good old sniff and you'll be like, it all smells really old in here. I am not going to the British Museum and just standing there going, ah, yes, <laughs> smells like stolen artefact. Like, I'm not doing that. There's no air wick in the British There's museum. no air wick. So, yeah, so Mother Goose Fairy Tales is what he wrote and that has Sleeping Beauty, Little Red Riding Hood, Bluebeard, Puss in Boots, The Fairy, Cinderella, Riquet with the Tuft, which is the one we're doing today. Who? Riquet with a who? Riquet with a Tuft. That's the one we're doing. To, I'll, we'll delve into that in a sec. Um, Hopper, My Thumb, and Beauty and the Beast. So that's oh, all Charles okay, yeah, There was also a couple of others he did, which aren't in here. They got edited out over time. But I think we're going to do them in another episode. Mm. We're going to put it out there. Let's get right Little teaser. <laughs> um, but so he wrote Riquet with a Tuft, but he didn't. Is this Riquet? Like, Riquet? And this, well, I wanted to talk to you about this because it's... It's French, so it's Riquet, so it's R-I-Q-U-E-T. And it's like a family name, so it'd be like, I don't know, John Riquet. But because I'm from all, me going, me continuously throughout this story going, Riquet with the tuft just sounds a bit wank. So I can either go Ricky with the tuft. That's my ex-boyfriend. I think we have to go Riquet. Do you remember in the last episode where you mentioned that you just drop in your exes in all the podcasts you do and you wish you didn't? Okay. Um, so <laughs> Oh, they'll never guess that. <laughs> British intelligence level occurred there. Well done. Um, so I can either go Riquet with the tough of the story, Ricky with the tough, 
or I, I have to go like fully standards and go Ricky with the tuft for the whole episode. Oh, so the last two are quite similar. Or we can pick a new one. What we could just change his name. Well, no, something with the tuft, preferably with an R that sounds a bit like Ricky. Let's just go, Ricky. Ricky. If I have PTSD things throughout the episode, whose problem is that? (laughs) Mine. Yeah, exactly. Basically, everyone thought Charles Perrault wrote this, but actually it was written by a woman called Catherine Bernard. Because Charles Perrault was part of this big group of uh, writers in the 17th century that were big on bringing back fairy tales and folklore and all this stuff. And there was a big, there was like big fights over it because there was either, what I love about this is, for those of you that don't know Fee, she's so kind and so polite. And she's looking at me right now going, oh, Lou's having a lovely time waffling on about something I don't give a shit about. But she's having a good time, so I'll let her crack on. And I really appreciate that. Don't do that. (laughs) You're in your element, you go. You sound like you're me just... on the phone to the insurance company. <laughs> Whilst you just play part of the Shrek musical in your head while I'm telling you all of this. No, it's today. <laughs> anyway, so there were these two groups and Charles Perrault and Catherine Bernard and mostly female writers yeah. were part of this group um, against this other group because there was another group called the Ancients and these were the moderns and the Ancients were like, we should only ever be talking about and studying classic literature which was like Greek and Roman writings like Aristotle and all this and they were like no, we should be looking at everything and that was why it was mostly women and they were mostly talking about it and Catherine Bernard was like a huge part of this Okay. and she originally wrote Riquet with a Tuft and Charles Perrault did his version of it. We don't know if he stole it off her or if what was quite common in that time is working together and doing different takes on your own fairy tales and stuff like that. Because that was the whole, that's the big thing about fairy tales is it's being told again and again and again. So you have to make sure you know who's translating it, what time it's written in, because that has a huge effect on how it's portrayed. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't a bad thing necessarily if he did his own version, but it's his version that's become famous and hers hasn't, even though hers was written first. So uh, Charles Perrault, I feel like I've spoken a lot about Catherine Bernard and not enough about Charles Perrault, even though it's his story. But do you know what? He's had enough attention in his life. Fuck him. Fuck him. One interesting fact about Charles Perrault, though, is uh, he was really good friends with Louis XIV. And he was the one that banged on about having so many fountains at the Palace of Versailles. I can, do you know what? I can see Versailles in my head, not the place of spelling. V e r s a i w l e. I don't even know how to begin unpacking that sentence that you just said. I can see Versailles in my head. The spelling, not the place. I do. I do. Is that in France or Spain? France. France. Yeah, I think I've got to go there at some point. I'm sorry. When I suggest holidays to my boyfriend. I suggest places I would like to go and then he suggests museums and art galleries near those places that he would like to go. And I believe when I said about going to Paris, he mentioned the sign. And that's how I know how to spell it and not see it. Are you are you dating me? And I didn't realise. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> okay. Riquet with the tough, Charles Perrault. You ready? Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Off we go. Once upon a time, there was a queen who gave birth to a son so hideously ugly that it was long disputed whether he had human form. Is that the, is that in the queen's opinion or is that everyone else? I think it's a, it's a united decision based off this story. To be fair, I know we only just started the story, but I said to my mum recently, because I you were talking about Reg Freeze and that, I was like, oh, I'm gone, a bit worried, I'll never have children. I said, oh... And my friend, my mum my went, oh, well, you've got Reggie, which is our dog. 
<laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, and um, I said, yeah, but my friends say, like, when you have kids, there's no love like that. And my mum went, oh, I don't know. <laughs> she's the only mum to disagree. Every other mum, I suppose, she's like, oh, there's no love like it. My mum's like, I don't know, we've got a cockapoo, and I think that pretty much outweighs what I feel for you. A fairy who was at his birth, however, affirmed that he would be very amiable in spite of it, since he would be endowed with an abundance of wit. Oh, yeah. funny. So he's going to be like proper smart and that. So it doesn't matter that he doesn't look great. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be true. Fun. though, is it? Well, we don't know, do we? So um, she even added that it would be in his power by virtue of a gift she had just given him to bestow on the person he most loved as much wit as he pleased. So if he falls in love with someone, he can make them as witty as he likes. That's his superpower that the fairies just gifted to him. Oh, He's gone up in your world now, Annie. No, I was about to say, I think I've got that superpower as well. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> you you think whoever you speak to, you make wittier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I sure. won't mention which ex-lover, but... <laughs> yeah, we're real good at keeping that on the DL here. I used to say to my friends, because I worked with one of my ex-boyfriends, say, oh, but he's so charismatic and he's so funny. And they were like, no, I don't think he is. <laughs> So I think I did that. You dated somebody you worked with, never piss on your endorsement. No. no. I think it's shit on it. Oh, yeah. I, this is why I would never date comedians. Yeah, well, this was at T Drive Friday. Yeah, there I am. I'm away. <laughs> there it is again. Okay. Fuck me. Carry on. <laughs> your mouth, it just falls stuff out, doesn't never it? Never tell me a secret. You would be so awful as a spy. I'm really bad um, as a jury service member. What a precise job for you to say at this moment in time. I know, because I've done it three times. And I know. You've done jury service three times? Yeah, and they keep asking me back. Why? It's not. I don't you think don't it... get like a how did I do sheet to fill in, do you? I don't think it's selected at random. <laughs> I think one of them there is pretty keen. <laughs> they were like, she's making all the barristers real witty <laughs> from just being here. In she pops. I don't know, court seems more fun when Richard's around. <laughs> What are you going to do? Oh, also, to be fair, if you are, ju- are you there because you're the grass? Because if anything goes on with the jury, you're like, I can't keep a secret. So here's what's going on with the jury. I just, you're not allowed to tell anyone about the case whilst the case yeah, is no. happening. And you're telling everyone who's passing by. <laughs> I might have spoken about it on a bus. Who oh, knows? Christ. <laughs> the insurance lady is well informed. <laughs> All this somewhat comforted the poor queen, who was suffering grievously for having brought... Oh, God, this is awful. For having brought such a deformed monkey into the world. Oh, my God, Charles, what are you writing? I don't think that's okay. <laughs> and also, she doesn't sound like a great mum. She doesn't sound like she's got much maternal instincts. Can't you have she? to make her have a burst of hormones after you've just given birth? And she's like, this, no, get it away. She got the wrong hormones. Um, good grief. It was true that as soon as the child began to prattle... He said a thousand pretty things which, uh, with such an unaccountable wittiness that he charmed everybody. So it was true. Once he started chatting, everyone was like, oh, he's so attractive because he's so smart. Right. Um, okay. And I love that. he. This is how Charles Perrault has written it. I forgot to tell you that he came into the world with a little tuft of hair on his head. So he was called Riquet with the tuft. Riquet being the family name. He writes like how I imagine you would write. Oh, yeah, like... I forgot to tell you this. That's how I did some of my work in progress comedy shows. I'd go to say something and go, 
Whoops, so we've forgotten a bit here. So what you need to know to get this joke is boom, boom, boom. And then I'd say the joke following it. So yeah, that's exactly how I write. That's how I speak. To be fair to you, though, you just said it was a work in progress comedy show. This is his published work. To be fair, when I say work in progress, that was probably day 15. That that was my completed show. Seven or eight years later, the queen of a neighbouring kingdom was delivered of twin daughters. Her firstborn was more beautiful than the day, and the queen was so overcome with joy that those presents were afraid she might come to harm. I just find them all a bit shallow already. Yeah, I think that's fair. All the queens aren't coming off great, No, to be honest. I was an ugly baby. You were an ugly baby? Yeah. I don't believe that. I was I was a massive baby. How massive? I come out at like nine pounds. Bloody hell. Yeah. It was no wonder your mum was telling you to get out before, was it? <laughs> yeah, quite a big head and large thighs. What do you do have large thighs as a baby? That's not a thing. I did. Socks, socks, the socks were tight. What do you want? No, that's not. No, you know, that's just your mum bought the wrong size socks. You didn't come out with like no. rugby player's legs as a I baby. Did. No, you didn't. I did. I tackled my way out. <laughs> the same fairy who had assisted at the birth of little Riquet with a tuft was there too. And to moderate the queen's gladness, she declared that the little princess should have no wit at all, but be as stupid as she was pretty. Oh, I was about to say I feel her pain, but I can't. <laughs> um, also, interesting thing here, I thought, because um, the French fairy tales were really big on fairies in particular. Yeah. And it's Madame, I'm going to ruin this, and I'm so sorry to any French speakers, Madame Dulnois, who came up with the term fairy tales. But fairies aren't like little pixie. Oh, that's what I've got in my head. They used fairies interchangeably. So it was like... Uh, they could be witches or enchantresses or anything like that because uh, this, this is like a fairy who's just there at the birth. Yeah, I'm just seeing a Tinkerbell. Yeah, so this no. is like maybe like old woman in Kurt kind of thing. Okay. Um, which is interesting as well because when the Brothers Grimm were writing, they wanted theirs to be really authentically German. Mm. So they took most references to fairies out and they changed them to like witches or enchantresses or things like that. So that's why there's a bit of difference there because they're okay. like, oh, we don't want any French references. We're trying to be oh, well, well German. German. Right. Um, so she's going to be pretty but dumb as a post. And there's nothing she can really do about that. No, there's no m- books or museums. Apparently not. This mortified the Queen extremely, but some moments later she had even more to distress her for her second daughter was very ugly. Oh, so she's got twin daughters. One of them, well fit, dumb as a purse. Do you think she's using the phrase "well fit" and <laughs> baby? Well a- fit is she a ten at school, isn't it? It's not newborn baby. <laughs> well, we'll leave that to others to decide. <laughs> Go um, on then. I need a voice for the fairy. Well, I, I think she's like quite f- well. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's going to be like oldie and witchy. Don't upset yourself so much, madam, said the fairy. Your daughter shall be so witty that her want of beauty will scarcely be noticed. So the second daughter, even though she's ugly, she's going to be really witty, like Riquet. Yeah, I'm in awe that of your voices, but go on. Thank you. really good. Um, So, God grant it, replied the queen. But is there no way to make the eldest, who is so pretty, a bit wittier? So she's already dismissed the ugly one. She's like, I ain't got no chance of that. But can we make the pretty one smart? So society was always the same, was it? Oh, here we go. She's feeling enlightened. <laughs> um, 
I can do nothing for her as to wit, madame, answered the fairy, but everything as to beauty. And as there is nothing I would do not to please you, I will give her this gift, that she shall have the power to make the person who best pleases her handsome. So, oh, this is yeah. looking good. <laughs> it's this looking is, like it's a match. <laughs> is, yeah, if they was on... Um, Hinge that'd be on your uh, like your suggested matches. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, they'd suggest them. Mm. Well, they should. I You're mean. dumb as a post. He can chat. Get together. As the princesses grew up, their perfections increased proportionately. Everyone commented on the beauty of the elder and the wit of the younger. It is true too that their defects also increased considerably with their age. The younger visibly grew uglier and uglier, and the elder became every day more and more stupid. Oh, my God, that is worrying. I didn't know you could get... I thought you could only get more intelligent. I didn't think there was a possibility I can get stupider. <laughs> and yet here, here we are, <laughs> det deteriorating with age. <laughs> Both of us just becoming horrifically simple. <laughs> I just thought... I thought this was my level now, and if I wanted to increase it, pick up a book, but I didn't know it could get worse. Just by picking up a book, not reading it, just picking it up like wits, it'll just by osmosis infiltrate into you. But then you can't go into a museum because you don't like the smell. Smelly, yeah. Why don't you just take something like a mask so you don't have to smell it? Or you own Febreze and spray it in front of you wherever you walk. Like, do you know when you used to get ready and you used to have to like spray impulse spray and then walk through it because if you put it straight on, it was too much? Yeah, I still do that with my perfume, which just I think is wrong. Uh, is it? Yeah, because... Well, we're not going to the petrol station. The man, my perfume is strong enough to overpower the petrol. smell of petrol because the petrol man goes, "You always smell so nice. What is that? What is that perfume?" And I say, "You thought you was going to butcher the French." I say, <laughs> "That's La V.S. Belle by Lacoon." <laughs> so I don't think his wife has got that perfume yet because I am not saying that right for that man. But he can smell it over the smell of unleaded diesel. He can the smell, B.O. of truckers. He is can just smell lacoon. <laughs> so, I feel much better about doing the French uh, <laughs> at the beginning now. Thank you so much for that. Um, if she was asked something, she either made no answer at all or said something very silly. So this is the, the elder princess. Stupid one. The stupid one. And she was so clumsy that she could not put four pieces of china on the mantelpiece without breaking one of them, nor drink a glass of water without spilling half of it down her clothes. The thing is that I do that all the time. Exactly. I am 37, and every time I brush my teeth... Bit of drip goes down. Yeah, I have to change. You have to change. <laughs> like a toddler. Why don't you just wear a bib when you're doing your teeth? Um, I think that'd be admitting defeat. <laughs> It's like when people have a go at people having brushing their teeth in the shower. Yeah. And I think that's fine. Um, a lot of people do that. I found out, oh my God, you know what I found out recently? Go on. Everyone's pissing in the shower. What do you mean everyone's pissing in the shower? Who's pissing in the shower? My boyfriend's pissing in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went on a weekend away and I said to the girls, why is everyone doing that? And they're like, yeah, we're doing that. And I was like, what is wrong with everyone? I'm not doing that. I don't piss in the shower. Apparently it saves water. What, to wash yourself with piss? Well, no, because you just do it in there and then the water washes it all away. Oh, I see. So you're not using the water from the toilet. Not. What? <laughs> well, that's how it says what, because you're saying... Yeah, you're not flushing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just going away. But everyone's doing it, Louise. 
I don't think your boyfriend and your couple of mates counts as everyone. Keep saying that he does it because I think mean, that <laughs> that might annoy him. Um, maybe it wasn't my boyfriend. Maybe it was one of my ex boyfriends that does it. Who's to say who is doing it? God, your secret level of coding is just phenomenal. It really is. <laughs> Their beauty is a very great advantage in the young, yet it was almost always the younger sister who carried away the prize in every gathering from the elder. People did indeed go first to look upon the beauty to admire her, but they soon turned to the wit in order to hear a thousand most entertaining and agreeable sallies. So everybody was coming because she was fit, but they were staying because her sister could chat them up. Yeah, I feel like I know the ending, but I won't, I won't ruin it for everyone. <laughs> You've you've got it all figured out already. I think I do. What do you think it is? I think the two ugly people will end up together, and although he'll he'll find out, well, actually, I can make that one witty, mm. the beautiful one. I can make a witty. He's going to realise actually, beauty isn't that important, and I prefer someone who has a natural wit. Okay, that's what I think. All right, we'll note that down. Off we go. Here we go. It was amazing to see how, in less than a quarter of an hour, the elder would be without a soul beside her, while the whole company crowded around the younger. Oh, that's so I sad. I do feel sorry for the beautiful one now, and it's not often I feel sorry for beautiful people. Oh, it's getting worse. As dull as she was. Oh, <laughs> he really doesn't like it, does he? The elder could not help noticing it, and she would have given all her beauty to have half the wit of her sister. The queen, wise as she was, couldn't help reproaching her from time to time, and this too made the poor princess want to die of grief. Oh, this is horrible. She's had a terrible day. <laughs> terrible life. <laughs> <laughs> this is years. Her mum needs to be less of a knob. Yeah, yeah, she's a knob. I don't mean to criticise anyone's parenting, but you can't be, one, not liking your ugly one and going, I, I have no time for you, and then going to the beautiful one, I mean, you're attractive, but I have no time for you because you can't put two and two yeah. together. But sometimes, because of the accent, mm. not yours, mine, and um, the things that I say, people think I'm quite stupid. Mental arithmetics, second to none. Really? I'm really good at mental arithmetics. Really good at it. Nine times seven. Fuck. <laughs> 83. Is it? 63. Fuck. <laughs> Carry on, Louise. <laughs> right. <clears throat> One day, as she wandered into the wood to bewail her misfortune, she saw, coming towards her, a little man who was very disagreeable to look at, but most magnificently dressed. Is it Riquet with a little tuft? Might be Riquet with a little tuft. This was the young prince Riquet with the tuft. There you go. Called it. Um, who had fallen in love with a portrait of her, many of which had been sent out all over the world, and had left his father's kingdom intent on having the pleasure of seeing and talking to her. Right, so she's having a sweet little... Right, so he... Yeah, so he's had a... Sexy cry. Yeah, so he's been... He's fallen in love with her via a picture that her dad sent out to everyone in the world, apparently, and he's been on a mission to find her. Okay. And he's just found her. Lovely. Overjoyed to find her thus all alone, he addressed himself to her with all imaginable politeness and respect. Having observed after he had paid her the usual compliments that she was extremely melancholy, he said to her, oh, I need a voice for Riquet. He's French and he's small. I The think... only French I could do would be Lumiere. <clears throat> Show me that, please. Um, <clears throat> Ma chère mademoiselle, it is with greatest pride and <laughs> deepest That's... pleasure that we welcome you tonight That's... as we proudly present your dinner. That's good. Do that one. Right. Uh, he said to her, I cannot comprehend, madame, how a person as beautiful as you are can appear so sorrowful. 
For though I can boast of having seen infinite numbers of exquisitely charming ladies, I can safely say that I have never beheld anyone whose beauty approached yours. Thank you. I'm speechless. Sorry again to the French. Um, I didn't even apologise to the French (laughs) when I said Lacombe. So I wouldn't worry about it. Um, It pleases you to say so, answered the princess. And here she stopped. Beauty, replied Riquet with a tuft, is such a great advantage that it ought to take first place among all things. And since you possess this treasure, nothing, as far as I can see, can possibly afflict you. So he's like, you're perfect to me. Okay, but he's saying that because you're so beautiful, I'm sure nothing bothers you. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. He's not got emotional intelligence, has he? This is what I'm saying. Old Riquet. <laughs> I had far rather, cried the princess, be as ugly as you are and have wit than have my beauty and be as stupid as I am. Now, I get what she's saying, but she has just met this lad and gone, to be honest, I'd rather be as ugly as you. Yeah, and I would say that is why people don't want to be around her at parties. Yeah, I think some of this is actually coming together now. Yeah, because if she's bad for her now. Yeah, if she's rocking up to people going, well, you look like the back end of a bus. Wanta. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. I don't want to be spending my time around there. Thank you very much. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's becoming apparent now that she might just be a bit of a knob. Yeah. Um, nothing demonstrates more wit, madame, returned he, than to believe we have none. It is the nature of that excellent quality that the more people have it, the more they believe they lack it. So the more... Uh, He's talking in riddles. <laughs> French riddles. So the more wit you have, the more you actually question it. So you actually think you're less witty because you become less arrogant is the supposed purpose of this. Because in this time frame, the like Charles Perrault and Catherine Bernard and the people I mentioned at the start, they had a huge thing um, of uh, intelligence and wit and conversa- the art of conversation. They thought conversation was an art form. And it was really big. Th- and that's how people were attractive at that time was through wit and conversation. But wit to me is being quick and funny is that also is intelligence in that bracket of wit yeah I guess so because like oh, okay. um, like you know it's being charming it's being funny but it's also ha- this is why they were arguing with all those people going we should only speak about Roman and Greek stuff and they're like no we should chat about everything everything's interesting we're writing things we're all discussions and things like that okay. so him going and saying things like like this just seems really in keeping with what they were talking about at that time okay. and to be honest Riquet's turning on the charm because if someone had been like if I was ugly as you I wouldn't bother I would have told him to sling the rook so fair play for him for styling it out mm, but he does know he's ugly doesn't he yeah but he also knows he's witty as hell mm. and he's a prince oh yeah <laughs> so you know I don't think he's going to do that badly in life how much do you think a tuft is is that what you've been thinking about for the past two pages? <laughs> <laughs> I can see it all over your face. There's a lot going on, but I want to know, in terms of hair, tuft, tiny little ponytail? I don't think it's ponytail. I think it's on like the top of the head. Like and like a cowlick. That's <clears throat> what I'm thinking of okay. tuft. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, cool. I don't know about that, said the princess, but I know very well that I am senseless and from that springs the vexation which is almost killing me. I love that word, vexation. I think we should bring it back. I don't. Uh, why? <laughs> I think it's so good. I just don't think I'd use it that often. Oh, I, but this is the I think everybody should use. I would love to be like that person. And I, honestly, they vexed me so much. What a knobhead. I just think it just flows so nicely. Oh, yeah. It did sound nice coming out of your face. Out of my face. Thank <laughs> you, babe. <laughs> um... 
if that be all that troubles you, madame, I can very easily put an end to your affliction. And how will you do that? cried the princess. I have the power, madame, replied Riquet with a tuft, to give to the person I love best all the wit in the world, as you, madame, are that very person. It will be your own fault if you don't have as great a share of it as anyone living, provided you agree to marry me. So he's like, I can make you chatty if that's what you want, but you have to marry me. Which is a bit creepy. And also, would you believe him? <clears throat> I wouldn't well, believe If I was on a date with someone and he went, look, if we carry this on, I think we'll have a right laugh together. Well, this is the thing. They are even on a date. They've met in a random forest. In She's a wood, in a wood on her own. And he's like, hello. <laughs> hello. The princess was quite astonished and answered not a word. I see, replied Riquet with the tuft, that this proposal makes you very uneasy and I don't wonder at it, but I will give you a whole year to consider. Okay. Which I think that's fair. Like you're actually giving, because usually in these fairy tales, it's like bing bong bosh done. Last week she was, she came up from the basement. She was married. Yeah, exactly. So fair play for being like, I have some time to think it through. Yeah. The princess had so little wit and at the same time so great a longing to have some that she imagined the end of that year would never come. So she accepted his proposal. Oh. So she was so fearful that she was going to have to wait another year of being stupid that she was like, do you know what? I, I don't think I can wait that long. Fine, I'll marry you if I can be witty. Okay. Right. She had no sooner promised Riquet with the tuft that she would marry him on that day, 12 months hence, that she found herself quite different from how she had been before. Suddenly, she had an incredible facility for saying whatever she pleased in a polite, easy and natural manner. So it's worked. But yeah. she's not even married him yet. No, but she said that she would. Okay. Straight away, she began a very gallant conversation with Riquet with the tuft in which she tattled at such a rate that Riquet with the Tuft believed he had given her more wit than he had reserved for himself. Oh. Bum, bum, bum. He's going to get, yeah. He's going to get mardy about that, isn't he? Yeah. Um, when she returned to the palace, the whole court was confounded. They hardly knew what to think of such a sudden and extraordinary change, for they heard as much sensible discourse and as many inf uh, and as many infinitely witty returns from her now as they had heard stupid and silly impertinences before. I feel that's a bit harsh, because they're going. She's saying so much witty stuff now, and to say that she was saying silly impertinences, mm. that's really harsh. Because she's well, unless she was coming up to people going, "You look like the back end of a bus," which she might well have I, been it doing. It does sound like that was in a. Um... But it's looking toolbox because <laughs> otherwise it's just her coming up going hi can I just put, join in the conversation and they're going what a silly impertinence that is be gone <laughs> like it's just a bit much that's what I'm like at parties that's what I say to you at parties <laughs> be gone <laughs> leave me be I want to go home um, the whole court was overjoyed indeed it pleased all but her younger sister who having no longer the advantage of her in respect of wit appeared in comparison a very disagreeable homely puss. What? It's a bit harsh, that. Um, the news of this change spread everywhere and all the young princes of the neighbouring kingdoms strove to gain her favour and almost all of them asked for her hand in marriage. But she found not one of them had wit enough for her and though she gave them all a hearing, she would not accept any of them. Okay, and I I um, respect her for that. I respect her for that. She's gone back off my estimation. And to be honest, based off the amount of dates I've gone on with men, I understand do you know what? Mm. I think I might be quite disliked. <laughs> um, I've been on like one date. 
Like, I... Ever? Well, yeah, pretty much. Like I say, I picked them up at work. <laughs> <laughs> and then my, my boyfriend now, um, he was my first ever date from a dating app. No, but you've been on dates before. Like, I'd meet him at work and then I'd, like, talk to him for a few months and then I'd sort of... But how are you talking to... As in, you're going to dinner and talking to them at dinner because that's a date. No, like, I'd talk to him at work and I'd be all weird and then and I'd be like, oh, we should go cinema and stuff and then eventually oh we would and then we'd be a couple. Like, there wasn't really a dating period because I'd have known him for so long and I, I'd sort of... So you're stalking these people Yeah, I work. think that's what I'm trying to say. I was, like, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was trying not to say it, but I basically wore them down and no. then we'd go out. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were like, anything. She's not going away. She's been at TGI Fridays <laughs> for 13 years now. I think I have to date her because I've got to see her five times a week anyway. Um, anyway, so she's been like, no, you're not witty enough. I'm only used to the wittiest people. Right? Fair. However... There came one so powerful, rich, witty and handsome that she could not help having a fancy for him. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Her father perceived it and told her that she was her own mistress as to the choice of a husband and that she might declare her intentions. Which I think is uh, pretty good. Very rare again, because usually the man's like, you're getting married whether you like it or not. Whereas he like, do you know what? You can choose yourself. I, I, I trust you. You've got two brain cells to rub together now. You can make your own choices. Yeah, okay. You're not seeming keen on that. But that, that's the time he shouldn't have given her the decision. She's going to fuck it up, <laughs> isn't she? Well, this is the next sentence. The more wit we possess, the more difficulty we have in making a firm resolution in such affairs. Which I think is a really nice sentence, actually. It's going, do you know what? The more we think about things, the diffic more difficult it becomes to actually make a decision because we're just so analysing of everything. Oh, I know that, yeah. <laughs> when I um, break up from relationships, I read like five books on relationships and then I just don't know my head from myself. The same five books? I do, actually. I've read, I've read The Mountain Is You a lot. What the hell is The Mountain Is You? It's a self-help book, but it's... I was going to say it's a good one, but I have had to read it five times and I'm not yeah. so. <laughs> It doesn't seem to have helped you that much. It's a lot about self-sabotage. And I think self-sabotage is reading the same book five times. Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, that's worked for you, babe, to be honest with you. It sounds like a load of bolt. I can't stand self-help books. I think they're just such a load of waffle. And they all need to be... The only thing they're useful for is kindling. Like, use them to burn things. Okay. Well, I'll lend you the mountain. No, you are right, Tar. I don't need a fire right My now. The more wit we possess, the more difficulty we have in making a firm resolution in such affairs. After thanking him, therefore, the princess asked her father to give her time to consider it. Okay. So again, good. she's going, yeah, good point, Dad, but I need to go think about this. But then we have just heard that's quite a bad thing. Mm. So she went off by chance to walk in the same wood where she first met Riquet with the tuft mm -hmm. in order to think out what she ought to do. While she was walking deep in thought, she heard a confused noise under her feet as if a great many people were bustling backwards and forwards, being very busy. Having listened more attentively, she heard one say... Bring me that pot! Those, they were from Yorkshire. Another, give me that kettle! And a third, put some wood upon the fire! She's gone on Grab the Yorkshire. Grab that self-help book. <laughs> put it on the fire. She's Get on the, this going. She's on the Yorkshire moors. What is she doing? 
Um, at the same time, the ground opened and she seemed to see beneath her feet a great kitchen full of cooks, scullions and all kinds of servants necessary for a magnificent entertainment. I didn't see this coming. No. This is a curveball. Also, for it to open up under your feet, like, that's terrifying. Mm. Like a, a doom place to go to. <laughs> Hell. Hell, thank you. <laughs> Out of the earth came a company of roasters, 20 or 30 of them, who went to plant themselves in a fine alley of wood. They stood round a very long table with their larding pins in their hands and foxes' tails in their caps and began to work, keeping time to the tune of a very harmonious song. Is this Snow White? Is this High High? It, I, don't, I don't think so, but it does sound like they're all maybe on crack or something. Like, uh, the ground's open up beneath her feet to make her see a massive kitchen. Mm. Then in that kitchen... They're all wearing foxes as hats, carrying around larding pins, and then singing a harmonious song. Okay. It's a bit weird. Yeah, let's find out why. The princess, all astonished at this sight, asked them who they worked for. For Prince Riquet with the tuft. If that would imagine if that is how you're just known. Not even Prince Riquet. Yeah, Prince Riquet with the tuft. tuft alone. He's 42. Fiona Ridgewell with the scar. <laughs> I would read that fairy tale. <laughs> Have you seen my scar? No. The one on my face. What one on your face? By my eye. Well, you've just moved so I can't see it. Is that a scar? Yeah, yeah. It fell out the patio door. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you just leave that there? Yeah, it fell out the patio door, smashed my face. When? I was two. Okay, it's one like last week, right? No, so I've had that all my I life. didn't even know that was there. Oh, yeah. Oh, so I couldn't really be Fiona with a scar. No, well, I might. I might just be gormless, which I am. So, okay. just... yeah, the only scar. Um, that makes you sound like the evil one, though. Like you'd be Scar in the Lion King. Yeah, I need. To and come that's up much with a more my story vibe. about how I got it. Oh my god, we should totally do that. Yeah, we'll do that, and next then we'll do week. that as an episode. Okay. Oh, we could write Fiona with the scar. You can write Fiona with the scar. I can't write Fiona. With and the you scar. can read it to me. <laughs> oh, you want me to write Fiona with the scar? Yes, please. And then you'll just be like, "Excuse me, that's actually very wrong." We ever do a live one? You could write Fiona with the scar, and I can interject with what I think should have happened. <laughs> Right, so Rick I can't see that tuft. being problematic at all. Okay, with your tuft. I keep imagining the tuft, like just a little bit on his bumhole, little hairy what? tuft. <laughs> Why imagine it there? I don't know because it doesn't say it doesn't specify it's on his head, does it? Uh, I, I think don't it think did so. actually. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. Um, so, sorry. The princess, all astonished at this sight, asked them who they worked for. For Prince Riquet with the tuft, said the chef to them, who is to be married tomorrow. The princess, more surprised than ever, and recollecting that it was now a whole year since she had promised to marry Riquet with the tuft, felt like sinking into the ground. So she's forgotten that she promised him that. You don't forget. This is what I'm saying. You'd wake up remembering that every day. Especially as you'd got wittier because of yeah. it. Like, oh, this groundbreaking thing that changed my life. You wouldn't nah. forget that. Right? She's not that witty. She's a bellend. <laughs> what had made her forget was this. When she had made her promise, she had been very silly, and having obtained the vast stock of wit which the prince had bestowed on her, she had entirely forgotten her stupidity. She continued walking, but had not taken 30 steps before Riquet with the tuft presented himself to her, bravely and most magnificently dressed, like a prince who was going to be married. Yeah, because he's remembered. Because he's remembered the date, yeah, yeah, and he's rocked up on time. You see, madame, said he, I am very exact in keeping my word and doubt that in the least but that you are come here to perform yours, to make me, by giving me your hand, the happiest of men. I shall freely own to you, answered the princess, that I have not yet taken any decision in this matter and I believe I never shall take the one that you desire. Oh, Christ. Yeah. You can't, you, you've had a year to tell him that. Mm-hmm. 
You astonish me, madame, said Riquet with a tuft. I believe it, said the princess. And of course, if I were dealing with clown or a man without wit, I should find myself very much at a loss. A princess always observes her word, he would say to me. So you must marry me as you promised. But as he to whom I am speaking is the master of the greatest sense and judgment in the world, I am sure he will hear reason. You know that even when I was a fool, I could not bring myself to promise to marry you. Would you expect me, with all the judgment you gave me, which makes me an even more difficult person than I was then, to come to such a resolution now when I could not do it then? If you sincerely wanted to make me your wife, you should never have deprived me of my dull simplicity and thus made me see things much more clearly than I did before. There is so much in here, right? What a bitch. Right? So she's going, it's your fault because you made me smart, for one. And because you're a smart guy, you should know that you took advantage of me when I was stupid and you shouldn't take my word on that, which is not great. This is like when my friends say, my friend says... This is my friend saying this. This is not my opinion. <laughs> but some men don't really like attractive, funny, intelligent women. And then they bin them off because that gives them confidence and they think they're these amazing men. But actually, they was just dating a really great woman. Do you know what? Like, when me and my friends, this was years ago now, we went to a speed dating event. All the women there were fantastic. And all the men were there. <laughs> like, okay, and moving on <laughs> I'm sure there's, there's a lot of great men out there but they ain't going speed dating so lads get yourself along but it was just there was. I was sad they saw she had two PhDs and another one spoke That's eight I mean, languages yeah. and then there was another bloke who had barely changed his shirt yeah. with kebab all over it and couldn't even spell his own name and you're like what's going on here <laughs> okay um, yeah so it's that vibe but she's in the wrong this time also I don't like that ha- Charles Perrault has written this like uh, because I'm so smart now I'm a difficult person um okay yeah I don't like that like just because she's a smart woman doesn't mean she's difficult she's being a bit of a knob but yeah. that's a different thing okay yeah. If a man without wit or sense, replied Riquet with a tuft, would, as you say, be justified in reproaching you for breaking your word, why, madame, will you not allow me the same feelings when my whole happiness is at stake? Why should people with wit and sense be in a worse condition than those without? Can you pretend they should, you who now have as much wit and wanted it so badly? But let us come to the point, if you please. Setting aside my ugliness and deformity, is there anything in which displeases you? Are you dissatisfied with my birth, my wit, humour or manners? So he's going... What is it? What is it about me you don't like? What is it about me you don't like? Because I don't believe a word of what you've just said, sweet up. I know, you've met someone else, you little trolley. (laughs) (laughs) Verbatim Um, is what he's saying. (laughs) Not at all, answered the princess. I love and respect all those qualities in you. If it be so, said Riquet with the tuft, I am happy since it is in your power to make me the most acceptable of men. How can that be, said the princess. It can be done, said Riquet with the tuft. If you love me enough to wish it so, and in case you doubt me, madame, let me tell you that the same fairy who, on my birthday, gave me the gift of making the person who pleased me most, both witty and wise, has, in the same way, given you the gift of making him who you love extremely handsome. So he knows, he knows she has that power, because she's apparently also forgot that. Oh, and he's still a monster. <laughs> I used to believe that's a technical term, yeah. Oh. So, if that be so, said the princess, I wish with all my heart that you may be the handsomest prince in the world. And as far as I am able, I bestow that gift upon you. The princess had no sooner pronounced these words than Riquet with the Tuff appeared to her the finest prince upon earth. 
the handsomest and kindest man she ever saw. Right? So he... Is this about mindset, this book? Eh? This story, is it about mindset? Because she thinks that he's now gorgeous. Well, funnily enough, so the thought here is that her superpower was she could make anyone she loved turn handsome even if they weren't. And his was if he loved someone, it could make them smart. Mm. So apparently that is what's just happened. Yeah. But let us continue. Okay. Some say that this metamorphosis had nothing to do with the charms of the fairy, but was caused by love alone. Mm. Warms my little heart. Mm. They say that the princess, having made due reflection on the perseverance of her lover, his discretion and all the good qualities of his mind, wit and judgment, no longer saw the deformity of his body nor the ugliness of his face. That oh god, that his hump seemed to her no more than the broadest. Jeez. All this it, descriptive stuff's coming out of the last. I feel minute. he should have had this at the beginning. That his hump seemed to her no more than the broadest of shoulders, and that where before she saw him limp horribly, afterwards he seemed to have a lilting gait, which charmed her. And uh, I really think this description should have been at the beginning. At the beginning, he was just a bit of a short French man with a tuft of hair. <laughs> now he's got a hump, a limp. He's grotesquely ugly. Like, I, I worry about the way these people write. They do write like me. <laughs> this, is, this is important an hour ago. Um, they say, moreover, that his squinting eyes appeared, oh, br- <laughs> appeared bright and sparkling. And their irregular blinking seemed to her like... <laughs> He's that, not having a great time. That man's gone like, the writer's gone like, head, shoulders, knees and toes and like, picked something wrong with every <laughs> yeah. part. They say, moreover, that his squinting eyes appeared bright and sparkling, that their irregular blinking seemed to her like marks of deep affection and, in short, that his great red nose had, in her opinion, something of a heroicness about it. Weird. Like Rudolph. Yeah. <laughs> right. Whatever the reason, the princess promised immediately to marry him on condition he obtained her father's consent. Okay, but he's got... The thing is, Mm. she can see he's handsome now. Yep. But that is an irregular, blinking, limping, humpy man going to... Oh, this is the thing. You don't want to be rocking up to your potential father-in-law and going, can I marry your daughter? And then you're blinking, looking like a dodgy wink. Can I marry your daughter? Wink. Oh, you don't need that in your life. Uh, let's see what the king says. The king, on being told that his daughter had an abundance of esteem for the... Not love. Esteem for Riquet with the Tuff, whom he also knew to be a most sage and judicious prince, received him with pleasure as his son-in-law. And the next morning, their, nu- their nuptials were celebrated, just as Riquet with the Tuff had foreseen, and according to the orders he had given a long time before. And that is the end of the story. Did you enjoy that? I did, I think. Would you like to know how it was different to the original one that Catherine okay, Bernardo? First of all, Riquet with a Tuff was actually, uh, um, I believe, Prince of the Gnomes. Okay, fine. Um, it was a very ugly gnome that she had been promised to. Very ugly gnome still sounds more attractive than Riquet with a Tuff was. <laughs> but um, she was still forced to marry him, even though she didn't want to. And she also had a lover. And that was the only, and she had, because she had to leave her kingdom and go and live underground in the kingdom of gnomes with the ugly gnome prince. But she had a lover and that was all that was seeing her through. And then the evil gnome found out about this and was like, I'm going to turn your lover to look exactly like me. And then you will never determine between the two of us. Yeah, well, that. The, but the thing is with that, 
the moral of that one is more obvious, isn't it? It's that, you know... Don't like, get married. No. <laughs> it's that, like, beauty and um, aesthetics aren't as important as what's sort of inside. Is that not what's here? I don't know. I think we lost it along the way. <laughs> you lost it, Charles, mate, along the way. Because I thought he was going to meet the ugly sister and go with the ugly one because of the wit and, and realise that he didn't need to make beauty because what is beauty? It fades with age. Yeah. I keep telling my boyfriend this. It goes. <laughs> it goes. But, like, because this is the thing, the ugly sister, who was perfectly intelligent and charming, she's been tossed in the bin. Yeah, she, we barely heard from her. She, yeah, nobody gives a toss about her. Yeah. Um, but then this one... It's it's said that because it, what did he say? He said it was potential that it was just love that made her see like this. So she's even though he's still not physically attractive, she's still seen all of his qualities as attractive. So he's still not great looking. However, she had to become good looking and be smart <gasps> because otherwise she was just dumb or just intelligent. Like the woman had to be both. He just got to be smart. Yeah, but I don't. Uh, is that the moral of the story? Because I don't feel like they cared about like. Do you want to have a guess at the moral, moral of the thing? story? Because there's actually Charles Perrault. He wrote a little moral in a little. Uh, How is it? A little rhyme. Can I have a clue? Yeah, the clue is um, the story we've just read. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the story we've just read. So she's had to be beautiful, intelligent. Um, is it not just the old one of um, what is that saying? Beauties in the eye of the beholder. beholder. Pretty much. Yeah. So the one Charles Perrault wrote in at the end of this tale is, What in this little tale we find, in much lesser fable than real truth, in those we love appear rare gifts of mind, and body too, wit, judgment, beauty, and youth. Uh, I, I wrote my version. Thank um, you. <laughs> I need it. Um, yeah, people uh, always look for the beauty within others. They don't. I know they don't. So he's talking out of his ass there, isn't he? And appearance does not determine your worth. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But we are all guilty of seeing a couple and go, oh, how did they end up together? I think that with so many people, I see. <laughs> Everyone does that. They're like, why are they going out with him? Yeah. Um, because we are all judgmental pricks. Do you think people are doing that and to that's you? that's moral of Fiona Richards. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think people are looking at you, standing outside a museum, breathing fresh air, going, how did she get that bloke who's in the museum? How were they together? How is she with that intelligent, <laughs> attractive man? Oh, yeah, but he does pee in the shower. Yeah, so. <laughs> which we all know. <laughs> and that's how we're together. <laughs> Please like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Be Fairy Afraid Pod. Thanks for listening. <laughs>